If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome everyone to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. This week, we're finally back. And yeah! Possib- Ooh, possibly better. <laughs> <laughs> kinda. We're somewhat better than we were last week. Yeah. Uh, last week, uh, we were both sick. We're both still a little sick. Um, different things, but just be- because we kind of had the double whammy. Very rarely are both of us sick. Usually it's one of yeah. us. And that one powers through or whatever. <laughs> but for this last week, uh, we were both sick. So, but anyway, it's been good to uh, to sit down and finally record up a new episode for all of y'all. Uh, we're finally returning back to our history <laughs> of Dragon Quest. Uh, it took a we we got up to like uh, Dragon Quest Seven's release here in the states. And then yes. it was our 150th episode, so we did a celebratory episode there. And then you were out of town for work, and then sick apocalypse happened for both of us. <laughs> yeah. And so, anyway, we're returning to that after all this time. Uh, we're finally looking back on uh, the history of Dragon Quest, and uh, before before we get too far into like seven's release and stuff like that. I also wanted to mention because we didn't bring this up uh, in the last history episode is that uh, we mentioned like the Terry's Wonderland games and some of those games coming out in the interim between six and seven. Yep. Uh, but we also, we did not mention another important uh, Dragon Quest game that came out. Those were the, uh, the Tomagotchis came out during this time, the little slime Tomagotchis. I don't honestly know if I rem- I don't remember like slime tamagotchis. I mean, I don't think I don't know that they came out in the states, but these were big in Japan. I mean, tamagotchis were pretty big. I remember those yeah. big in the late nineties. Heck, I bought a remake of one. Well, not remake. I guess a reboot of them that they did. That's an R two D two tamagotchi that came out like last November that I have it sitting on my desk over there. But uh, I really, I don't know if I've I was aware they did like full slime tamagotchis. That's awesome, and I want one now. So I had one that uh, they did this thing at KFC. Okay, um, <laughs> and I think back then it was still Kentucky Fried Chicken because they weren't trying to hide the fried part. <laughs> By calling or the Kentucky K- Park, let's K- be honest. <laughs> KFC. Uh, it was just Kentucky Fried Chicken. But they did this thing uh, where they they gave away, uh, or maybe you had to buy it separate. I can't remember. But anyway, I remember uh, getting a little red uh, Tomogachi uh, from, from KFC uh, back in the late huh. 90s. And as many a kid who had these, um, it got neglected. The battery died in it. It sat in a drawer somewhere. The battery eventually died. And I have not returned to it. Oh, uh, so I never so. had an actual Tamagotchi uh, until, you know, just this past November with the R2 one. I always had DigiPets. That was the one that I had. I had uh, normal DigiPets, and then I also had a Yoda DigiPet. 
uh, where Yoda would train you like a Jedi if you took care of him. It was uh, that was okay. that was my this my was, stuff instead of Tamagotchi. Yeah, well, maybe I mean those were just different brands, right? But these were the same. Yeah, things. they were di- just different brands of okay. it. Like I never had actual Tamagotchi, uh, like the the one that everyone uses as like like the, the one that was the base. Yeah. I never had the uh, the brand name Tamagotchi. Okay, so I looked it up. It is a Gigapets Digipooch um, from Tiger. I uh, forgot Tiger was a brand. Do you remember the yeah, tiger like with the LCD stuff? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they looking... recently did a thing where they remade some of their best ones, and Jennifer bought the little mermaid one from Tiger that she played when she was a little kid. That they made brand new ones of the old ones. It's super yeah. cool. That I think I might still have mine. This person is selling one on eBay for forty five bucks. They say it works. Wow. I'm sure mine would still work. It's from 1997, so that was the year that I got mine. <laughs> Man, what a nice little trip down memory lane that was just now. But yeah, so it wasn't wow. it wasn't a Tomogachi brand. It was Digi Gigapets. Digipooch. Gigapets. Digipooch. Digipooch, yeah. And um, I'm looking, I had Digipet, like I looked it up just now, and I had the round ones that were uh actually Digipet, uh, as opposed to one of the the Gigapets or anything like that. There were so many of these in the nineties when they were hot. Dude. My goodness. KFC in the late nineties had some awesome merch like i am like i'm very saddened by the state of uh fast food uh toys nowadays <laughs> yeah with three like, with with three kids like you you definitely do get to see that more than i do like i don't really know the state of them right now like they did some mcdonald's did a pokemon cards for the anniversary last year that was right. kind of neat but generally like in the late 90s i always liked burger king did uh treehouse of horror simpsons toys uh oh. that i used to always try to get and they were like high quality toys. Like the, they ended up trying it again in like, uh, like at one point I tried to get some when they had them in like 2010 or something. And they were like much cheaper plastic than what they used to oh, be. Oh, I remember that. That was when you put Burger King and Pulaski on your list when they changed their, uh, when they changed their soda machine. Yeah. Well, it that, because, and they, well that, and they gave you the wrong one. Like, no, they didn't give me a toy with... because they assumed because I was a grown man asking for a kid's meal that I didn't want the toy. And that was the reason, what... that was the whole reason I went and got one is because I also wanted the toy that came with it. <laughs> That's what it was. I knew there was something that had to do with the Simpsons. As soon as you said that again, I was like, wait a second. This is where it began. Yeah. This is where, where your hatred of the Pulaski, Tennessee Burger King began. It was. Yeah. And so, uh, anyway, but then, but KFC in the nineties, on top of having this that I really loved, they also did some things where it was like, you could get uh, Pokemon beanie babies, basically. Like they weren't beanie baby brands, but they were like little Pokemon beanie babies. Yeah. And they were really high quality. I had a Dratini cause they, the person let me pick it out when I was a kid and I got a Dratini Aww. and loved that thing. And I think sadly that it was part of the stuff that got thrown away whenever we were like, uh, <sighs> going through stuff at the house because I've yeah. never seen it since. And I know I don't have it and it's just, it's gotta be thrown away, but it was the KFC Dratini. And I've always wanted to get, to get it again because I really liked it. But then I look at like the, the prices of them online and I'm like, yeah. eh, like I would like it. I wish I still had mine, but like not enough to pay that much for it. And I have my, I still have my Burger King uh, Pokeball that has the golden Charizard card inside it, where it's like made a metal card that's gold plated. Yeah. Uh, the Charizard that's inside a little Pokeball stand that uh, one of my friends uh, gave me uh, 
when it was new that they got it was like they knew I would like it more and so they gave it to me uh, my friend Blaine gave it to me and I had to I still have it in my uh it's in my closet but on a little shelf where I display it in my other room uh I love it like that's one that I know came from Burger King like those kind of things were really cool like that was like 1990 or maybe in the early 2000s but super cool stuff where now like I don't even know what they have there I don't think they're giving away Tamagotchis now no, I've looked. Uh, I, I keep an eye on it sometimes because my kids uh, like they don't. We don't really do Happy Meals, but um, but every once in a while, if there's like a cool toy or something yeah. that they like, we get it. But yeah, they're just like really cheap, not fun. Little like they used to do like action figures and like cool stuff. Yeah, like and, I still have a bunch of mine. I have a box of toys in my middle room that I got from when I was cleaning out my uh, my mom's house. And a lot of them are old Ninja Turtle action figures and McDonald's toys that I loved when I was a kid. And it's just so nice to go through. Like, I really loved these as a kid. And it makes me sad now that they're not like super high quality stuff that you collect, uh, that kids don't have that wonderful experience of, uh, of like these just little bitty trinkety toys like that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Anyway, all this is to say that the 90s were awesome but uh, yeah right during, during this part in in kind of dragon quest history they really took a turn into like uh like pets and like because you had the monsters games that started yep. being big like monsters games started being a big focus for the company they had the tomagotchis it was almost like they saw all this success from pokemon and were like hey we're gonna uh do some things like this too and you had, you know, Tamagotchis, Digipets, whatever that were big. And they were like, hey, we're going to do that as a slime, which all of that makes like great sense from a business standpoint. I mean, if this is like if all the rage is like having digital pets and like monster catching right now, then, yes, it makes sense to do a lot of this. And I mean, they were they were good games. I know lots of people who love the monsters games. And I still have Terry's Wonderland, the 3DS uh, remake port of it um, that oh, I need yeah. to play at some point. I mean, it's did in you Japanese. Get, but... Yeah, I was about to say, did you ever get the uh, Japanese port on the Switch? Did you buy it to play through or anything? Um, I have the uh, like the demo free version or whatever of that yeah. one on Switch and, and goofed around on it a little bit. Yeah, I just wasn't sure because I had deleted off of my uh, Switch the Japanese account before it came out and like I never downloaded it or anything. And I've wondered if it's in, how like how fun it is to play in Japanese. Yeah, it's it's one of those games that I mean it, it's hard to play in Japanese. I think as someone who doesn't know any Japanese, right, and it isn't familiar with it already, like there's definitely easier games. You know, like uh, Kenshin Dragon Quest was easy to play in Japanese because yep. we just swung a little sword around, and uh, Theatrhythm <laughs> Theatrhythm Dragon Quest was easy because it's just a rhythm game. So that was really easy for right. me to figure out and play. Um, DQ10 took some effort, but then it was like once I figured out the menus and where everything was, uh, then that, you know, I was able to play that. And I think probably the same amount of dedication would be required for the Monsters game. Um, Makes sense. And, you know, thankfully, too, a lot of the Monsters games, like the numbers, the numbers are still, it's still Arabic numbers. So, like, you can read yes. stats and things like that easily, uh, which really helps with uh with playing like jrpgs in japanese when you don't speak the language but uh and like dq11 uh the 3ds version of dq11 like i was able to play that one only because i'd just beaten it in english <laughs> on, yes on ps4 
And then I was playing it again in English on Switch around the same time. So it was like, it was easy to know where to go without having to worry about the language. And uh, with Terry's Wonderland, uh, don't quite have that. But yeah, uh, which which totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it'd be cool if they would release that one in English. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but it would be cool. I think this year, the last couple of years, like going back to like the Dragon Quest stuff like that, uh, the it makes me I think I've lost even more like I'm disheartened more at the idea of anything coming to English, like being westernized and localized that we don't already know for a fact is going to be like Dragon Quest 12. Like we know that's going to be like I'm becoming even more disheartened that we're even going to get treasures. Things I mean, they like said that. global like release for treasures. Did they say global yeah. release? Because for some reason, I was thinking they didn't say anything about that one. They uh, said but... no, no. Treasures is global release, but I'm just worried that it's going to be some crappy mobile game. Uh yeah. They haven't announced. Uh, um, they have not announced platforms it, for it. It looks a lot cooler than any of the previous mobile games like Die that are more of the on rails kind of gotcha type games and, and uh, DQ of the Stars. So I'm hoping based on the stuff like it that, that they've shown of it that it's not a purely mobile game. Can hope against hope, Austin. Yeah. Hope I, against hope. I I really hope it's not too. I just... I just there's just like such a trend right now with JRPG series pushing to mobile. And then it's like, but it's like, they always shut down. It's like, why don't you learn your lesson? Like, uh, like, uh, tales of, what is it? Chris Salia? Is that the tales of mobile game that came out? Like, I can't remember because I never played it there. It was, I love tales games. It was fun. I tried it out. I didn't stick with it. And, you know, they announced that they were ending the service for that. I think this summer, and then DQ uh, Dragon Quest of the Stars, you know, lasted, yep. what, less than a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel bad about DQ Tack because I'm not sure how that's going to go. The Echoes of Mana, I did like a beta preview uh, thing of that for a review right. before it came out. And I mean, it was an earlier build of the game and I enjoyed playing it, but I also didn't download it when now that the game is completely out it was like i, played- I actually saw an ad for that last night uh for one that i actually echoes of mana that i want to download and play like you're reminding me of it now uh just because i want to see it, it like was- i know i won't stick with it but it was fun but again it's like i knew if i downloaded it i'd have to replay through all the stuff i i did already um yeah, and true. then i didn't necessarily want to do that and then uh, you know, there was the Star Ocean mobile game that was that just that the, was that was super fun. Like I actually liked it, and then the Anamnesis. Yeah, yeah, it's like gone. that makes me sad that it's gone. Um, and then uh, Nino there's Cooney. the Nino Cooney one coming up. That yeah, I'm just I'm broken hearted that it's mobile, and like I don't even I haven't even paid attention to it because it's mobile. But I saw some screenshots recently, just scrolling through Twitter, and it breaks my heart that um. That it's, it's going to be mobile and it's going to get uh, it's going to get canned before uh, way before it's time because those games are so pretty and so well done and it de- it deserves to be more than mobile level five. Yeah, for sure. I think we've changed from this episode being the history of Dragon Quest Part Five to looking back at a look back at the '90s and mobile games. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, kind of like as a I guess a precursor to all these like mobile games. 
then you had in the late 90s you had dragon quest where they really focused on handheld gaming for a little while in yeah. terms of in terms of the tomagotchis the monsters games things like that uh you also had uh the slime morimori game uh on gba you had tornico oh, yeah. on gba yep. like there was a big push there and then you had uh ah. dragon quest 7 was like the next planned major release but there was a, a long time uh between it there was a lot going on uh in the background with dragon quest 7 yeah there, uh with uh the with heartbeat the studio there um mm-hmm. which had been working with them for a long time you had koichi nakamura had departed after five uh you had the chrono trigger made uh, distracted yuji hori during dragon quest six <laughs> and there was just there yeah. was like so much going on where uh it took a long time to get this to come out but also you had uh what was probably the biggest thing for dragon quest seven was that it went to playstation previous yes previous sure. dragon quest games had been on nintendo consoles and then you had a you had dragon quest which was presumably would be coming out on n64 right it's like dragon quest games come out on nintendo consoles yeah they, um, they had traditionally up until that point and uh you saw this break away when final fantasy 7 uh released on playstation and i've heard yeah. This is kind of one of those stories that may be more urban myth than truth now. But I've Mm. heard that the president of Enix at the time uh, flew, personally flew to Nintendo headquarters and talked to Nintendo's president to let them know ahead of time that they were moving to PlayStation and basically just to tell them to their face um, as a way to try to still salvage a little bit of their relationship because... And again, some of this may be urban myth territory now because uh, reportedly N- Nintendo's president freaked out whenever they learned, not from Squaresoft, but just learned uh, on their own that uh, Final Fantasy VII was on PlayStation instead. I mean, can you blame them? Like that's kind of a that's kind of a kick since they were already working on like Square Squaresoft was working on tech demos for the sixty four. Like, we have the original tech demo of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, well, not Final Fantasy VII, where it was kind of a, a showing Final Fantasy VI characters on the 64, and then they learn later that that's been scrapped and moved to PlayStation, not with their partner. So, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a kick in the gut. Yeah, and uh, and I've also heard that that's why Enix was kind of able to salvage their relationship with uh with nintendo for a little bit was because Uh they met with them face to face to let them know dq7 wouldn't be on a nintendo console but because they still released enix still had some games come out on n64 not dragon quest games but but enix games and then enix also had a number of games that came out on nintendo uh portable consoles Uh uh-huh uh so uh anyway so story goes that was why it's because Enix president actually flew out in person to meet with Nintendo's president, tell them that, Hey, Dragon Quest seven is not going to be on a Nintendo console. And I guess just sit there and take the screaming. <laughs> yeah. Um, but because they, because they, like, oh. I, I guess showed respect. They were respectful right. enough to like go in person to tell them this rather than just letting Nintendo hear it through the grapevine, the way that Squaresoft did. 
And, uh, and in a lot of ways that could have, that kind of set the groundwork, I think for the next big thing to happen with Enix and square, which would have been the merger, um, which we're going to talk about, but first let's have a little shameless self-promotion. Oh, it's shameless. The song you get has no energy because I don't, but I'm shameless still. <laughs> still. <laughs> uh, we do like have, yes. yeah, it was, it was a pretty good one. Um, we do have a Patreon page. You can find that at patreon.com slash FM if you'd like to help support this podcast. And a huge shout out to all of our Patreon patrons. We really appreciate all of you guys. And for all the new folks, your stickers should be coming soon, um, right? Did Have those arrived at your house yet? Those have arrived. I have got to get envelopes for them. That was one of the things I have yet to buy, is I thought I had a box of envelopes, and I do not. So stickers... So when I get those, they will be on the way. <laughs> yeah, so stickers are coming soon. We had to order more because we ran out. Um, yep. But anyway, just thank you to each and every one of our patrons. Uh, also wanted to mention during this... Uh, shameless self-promotion uh, segment here that uh, for our patron uh, Patreon rewards that uh, I'm currently, uh, I know I announced this on Patreon a while back, but I'm currently working on a new book that's kind of a follow-up to the Dragon Quest book. I'm working on multiple ones, but this one uh, that's going to come out first, uh, it's called JRPGs and Me, kind of like the podcast I ran for a little no. bit. Um, and it, it's following the same kind of format where uh, where the first part of it is kind of like me and my thoughts on different JRPG series. And then the second half has JRPG thoughts from like other JRPG enthusiasts, content creators, things like that. And I'm going to be opening up the usual thing like I did for the Dragon Quest book where anybody can submit their own stories um, about their favorite JRPG series uh. and things like that. All that's in the works coming soon. But I just wanted to say that uh, for any of our Patreon patrons, just like with the last book, you get a special thank you page in that book uh, for your support and everything. So uh, so you get more goodies if you're a Patreon patron. <laughs> and we do appreciate you. You are wonderful people. Yeah. So uh, this seemed like a good shameless self-promotion. Seemed like a good time to uh, mention um, a new book for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, uh, getting back over into today's episode. So Dragon Quest seven, uh, releases it in Japan, it outsells final fantasy seven, which is crazy to think about from a Western standpoint. Um, it also, uh, doesn't look super great. It's, it's outdated by the time it comes out, the, uh, especially in the West, by the time it comes out, the PlayStation is an older console. Um, and Dragon Quest seven looks old to begin with. So it kind of had some, some things going against it right from the get go. It was also, it's very long. Uh, the beginning is kind of notoriously, uh, slow. And, uh, so it had some things going against it. Despite that, it still did amazing, uh, in Japan and it still kind of, uh, got its own little, uh, following here in the states, although I I talked to a lot of people about get who about how they got into the Dragon Quest series, um, and not very many of them uh, say they got into it because of Dragon Quest Seven. There are right. like, that's I, unsurprising. Like it's not it's not nobody. Like I can think of maybe a couple people off the top of my head who I believe have told me Dragon Quest Seven was how they got into the series, but it's rare. Um, like it's usually either 
the first game, the third one, or the eighth game is is right. kind of the commonality here. And then, you know, or 11. Uh, I don't hear many people saying seven over here in the States, but um, I, after, you know, I, I hated Dragon Quest seven when I first played it on 3DS. It felt long. It felt slow. I didn't like the characters, yes. especially Maribel. Yep. Um, and I just didn't like it. And then I replayed it back when COVID lockdowns first started happening in early 2020 and actually liked it a lot better. And then whenever we were doing our deep dive episodes, I played the PS1 version of the game and and like it much better now. But the PS1 version still, I mean, I was playing it on my PS3, the disc yeah. on PS3. So it still took some time to load. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and so uh, anyway, I, th- I thought it was good. I think it was... Uh, I think it was definitely uh, an old game uh, when it released. (laughs) Uh, And so it's weird to me that that was the one that they chose to like bring back to the States because there had been like a dry spell for a while. And then because we didn't get five or six in the state. And then they so they bring back Dragon and it was Dragon Warrior seven. It's the last one that was actually Dragon Warrior here. They bring it back and it's not and maybe they thought it was great i don't know but it's not the one that you would think they would want to reintroduce the west to like it didn't have anywhere near the oomph that final fantasy 7 did that was uh getting all sorts of new audience members there they have this one that is significantly worse looking at the time uh with graphics and much much longer and more tedious to play and I don't, I don't get it. Like I quit playing the 3DS version at first as well, uh, and had to keep making myself go back to it. And the PS1 version is much more tedious than it. Yeah, it's an um, odd choice for real. Yeah, and it, I mean, you did have some of the the uh, ports and stuff like that, the uh, the Game Boy Color games uh, for yeah. Dragon Warrior coming out. But it is weird that they skipped a couple of mainline games and then did it. I feel like. I almost feel like maybe it was Sony, uh, Sony's choice there, uh, where it was like, you're like hey, no, do this. Because the PlayStation had some really good luck with JRPGs. Yes. Um, and the PS1 still has, like, the PS1 and PS2 combined have, like, some of the best JRPGs, like, of all time on them. I mean, uh-huh. I, and it, maybe it's because those were the games I played the most when I was, like, growing up and, and a young adult and everything. But, but, um, Maybe it was like Sony was just like, "Hey, we'll try Dragon Warrior Seven because this was this was the last Dragon Warrior game. Um, maybe we'll try it out and see what happens." It, or maybe maybe Sony knew how big it was in the West or in the or in Japan and was like, "Let's try it out in the West." I don't know for whatever reason. I mean, we got it, and I'm grateful that we got it. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's hard to complain. It's just it is odd that uh, that you know, they, they did release this one. It's just odd, but, um, but anyway, I mean, it's still cool. It was the last, uh, dragon warrior game to release. And then you had Enix and square starting to merge, uh, because square soft had gotten into some trouble. (laughs) I I feel like history is kind of repeating itself right now with all the square Enix stuff that's happening, uh, in the news right now. It feels very much like SquareSoft in the in the late '90s, early 2000s. But 
essentially what's happening uh, at this point in in these uh, companies' histories is Squaresoft, it kind of burned its bridge with Nintendo in a major way. Uh, so Nintendo's real mad at them, which I would have to assume is something a company doesn't really want. <laughs> right. You probably don't I want mean, Nintendo mad at you. Of anybody in the industry you want mad at you, I don't really think Nintendo's the one. Like, yeah. For some reason, it's just, that's just like your grandpa being disappointed in you. It's like you just don't want that. Yeah, you had... So Nintendo's mad at them. You also have some kind of weird things going on in the background with like the especially Final Fantasy, which is Squaresoft's biggest IP. Uh, you know, they've had this huge amount of success. Then they've had these other games come out, and then you have... Uh, Sakaguchi, who is really betting it all on a CGI movie uh, that is that is going to be called Final Fantasy Spirits Within, which is going to financially destroy uh, yeah. this company. And not just for that reason, but part of that reason, you're going to have Sakaguchi leaving the company. Lots of turmoil happening. Squaresoft, because of making these ba- bad financial decisions, because of... of investing putting all of its eggs in in the final fantasy basket essentially um it's gonna get into some trouble and then you have enix which is actually doing pretty well they have dragon quest which is like the biggest ip in japan at the time uh pokemon is gaining on them but right now at least enix is still there enix still has a good relationship with nintendo they're releasing nintendo games they're releasing uh, playstation games they have a number of of pretty successful jrpg franchises now they have star ocean dragon quest i mean they have some some good things going for them and then uh so they decide to merge and uh, from everything i'm still confused about the merger because it's weird to me that squaresoft was in trouble and enix wasn't yet squaresoft got to keep most of the like corporate positions Right. It was a, it's a very weird thing whenever I, because I didn't, because of that, because it was predominantly Squaresoft, like it looked like from the outside that Squaresoft had absorbed Enix, especially in the West, like we didn't have as much uh, interaction, uh, we didn't have as much experience like uh, with Enix at all. Final Fantasy, and, 10, Final Fantasy 10 and the first Kingdom Hearts games had come out, so it was like Squaresoft is doing really well. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're Square Enix. I'm like, oh, look at that. They said they saved Enix. And it's not really what happened if you read about it. But that's, but it's weird how they're still the ones at Square that you, that they talk about now, even still, because it's the one that got put first. Yeah, it is weird. Um, but anyway, so that was Dragon Quest Seven merger, all that stuff happening. And then, you have Dragon Quest Eight, which is going to come out on PS2, and that's like the really big uh, Western hit for the first time. And it's the it's the one where everybody's like, "Has Dragon Quest finally made it?" <laughs> that's <laughs> yep. that's like uh, that starts with DQ Eight. Uh, so I think next week we're going to be talking about Dragon Quest Eight, uh, maybe Nine if we have time, some other things like that. Uh, but thank you guys for listening in, and it's great to. Uh, get to hang out again after this little break we had yeah and after being sick it's nice to be able to feel somewhat human again and sitting up (laughs) 
Uh, remember, you can talk to us on Twitter at DragonQuestFM. You can also check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash DragonQuestFM. If you want to talk to me individually, you can find me on Twitter at DragonQuaston. Uh, just heads up, I haven't been on Twitter much lately because it's always constantly bad news and my brain can't take it anymore. Uh, but I will try to talk to you. If, if I still check messages. So if you talk to me, I will try talking to you too because uh, I check Twitter more than Discord and other things. Um, but I'm on there. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm on twitter uh sometimes occasionally now for the same reason uh at professor beach um i will occasionally do another podcast called the geek to geek podcast uh that you can listen to wherever you're listening to this and i'm on discord a lot more uh than austin is and you can find that at uh, discord.geek2geekmedia.com thanks everybody we'll see you next week bye y'all